0: Mark Howard, Kathy described the walk to the start line like this. You feel like you're a lamb going off to slaughter. I felt scared. Not scared where everything's falling apart. It's a feeling of, this is it. There's no turning back. Her walk to the starting blocks had her focus solely on controlling her emotions so that she would have enough reserves to draw on in the final 150 metres. Do you have a strategy that you can draw on every time you are on the brink of something exciting and the nerves kick in? Having not been beaten in over two years, she placed her tracksuit in her crate and moved into position. Staring down her lane, the others on the track faded to grey. With a slow, deliberate exhalation, she stepped forward with purpose to the front of the blocks. Resplendent in her green, gold and silver bodysuit, She was an image of confidence and composure. Moving down into position, she carefully placed her fingers to the line, rocked from side to side twice, and lowered her right knee to the track. With her head lowered, she was in the hands of the starter. In the 40 seconds or so it takes an Olympic sprinter to set themselves into position, over 100 decisions have been made. With the strategy of the race to implement, the athlete who is better able to automate these processes, has more mental space available to focus on getting the job done. Kathy Freeman was able to channel her mental processing into the strategy of her race because she completed all the earlier, necessary behaviours on autopilot. When we have a habit, we have an automatic behaviour that frees our thinking to focus on the more important tasks. Habits and why good intentions alone are not enough. There is no doubt that people have great intentions, Sadly however, good intentions seem to have a bad reputation. The best time to listen for good intentions is on the 31st of December, usually around 8pm. Listen to those around you talk about what the following year is going to look like, becoming fitter, stronger, making more money, losing that last 10 kilos, or getting the job they've always wanted. If only it was this simple. Fitness app Strava recorded over 100 million activities in 2018. Their data shows that efforts significantly drop from the 17th of January each year. When you fast-forward the clock from New Year's Eve to the third week of January, most people have either not successfully put their goals into action or have discarded them entirely. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Henry G. Bowen Sadly, the lessons from New Year's Eve is that good intentions are not enough for people to change their behaviour, nor would it seem is knowledge. Whilst there are some who get caught up in myths or incorrect information regarding health and physical activity, most people have a good idea of what is needed to live a healthy life. Most understand that to stay hydrated, exercise, eat well, brush your teeth, get enough sleep, and reduce time on your mobile devices is beneficial. Spend a moment now to think about the behaviors you're currently not doing that you should be. In many cases, Simply knowing something is good for you isn't enough to compel you to actually do it. The key reason we don't do what we need to do is because we think it's hard. Most people will pick the easy decision over the hard decision, every time. How do you make your decisions? How you make decisions and the information you pay attention to is a difference between the good and the excellent. By the time you sip on your first morning coffee, you are likely to have already made more than a thousand decisions. In fact, by the end of the day, it's estimated that most adults have made around 35,000 conscious decisions. Whilst that reads a large number, research from Cornell University determines people average 226.7 decisions per day on food alone. As your level of responsibility in life increases, so too do the multitude of choices that you make. Children only make an average of 3,000 decisions each day. For adults, whether it be deciding what to eat, what to wear, decisions at work, and whether to keep flicking through the TV channels or go to bed, it's no wonder we feel exhausted by the day's end. With so many decisions to be made each day, our brain has a clever way of reducing the load, compacting behaviours into sequences we repeat every day, otherwise known as our habits, Would it surprise you to know that about 40% of what we do every day is habit? That does sound like a lot, and it is, but remember back to this morning. Think about what you did within the first hour of getting up, and the order in which you did it. Shower, get changed, turn on the TV, breakfast, prepare lunch, brush your teeth, get ready to leave for work or school. Perhaps that describes your morning fairly accurately or maybe it included other activities such as exercise or household chores. Regardless, for most people listening to this book, the sequence of your morning is likely to be very similar day after day, even down to the finer detail. The bowl you have your cereal in, where you sit for your morning cup of tea, the sequence of actions in your morning hygiene routine. The truth is that life is too busy to spend time considering whether you will hold your toothbrush in your left or right hand, or the direction in which you will squeeze the paste. Our brain creates habits, an evolutionary life hack, removing much of the decision-making for us. Our habits are a substantial part of our everyday, so it's important that we utilize them to our best advantage. The truth about habits? They are great, because they save us from having to think. The truth about habits? They are terrible, because they save us from having to think. You create your habits, and then your habits will control your life. The chains of habits are too weak to be felt until they are too strong to be broken. Samuel Johnson Do the habits you've built into your life serve you well? When Kathy Freeman lined up at the start of the 400 metres, she didn't have to repeat a memorised list of steps as to how best to get in the set position. She did it on autopilot because it was a habit. It was a habit because she had repeated that action in exactly the same way over and over again. By acting on autopilot at the blocks, her mind was fresh and free to think about the more complex aspects of the race. The same will work for you. Habits do the thinking for you. They give you less to think about rather than more to think about. When you have habits that work well for you, you have more brain power available to devote to the complex stuff. If your habits include daily physical activity, drinking plenty of water, Getting enough sleep and reducing your time on social media, then those habits are serving you well. In contrast, if you're staying up every night binging on too much TV, eating junk just before bed, and spending most of your surplus cash on products from the infomercials, then those habits may not be serving you well. All our habits have consequences, and it is beneficial for us to consider how helpful they are in reaching our end goal. When used well, habits become your tool for streamlining your life. When you actively include the habits that will contribute to your success, your thinking will become clearer, and you have more space in your head to make better decisions. Ask yourself, how would your life benefit from new habits? Are there certain things you could introduce to your life that would serve you well? Or are there existing habits that could be done better? The origins of your habits. The starting point is to understand how habits are formed. Before becoming a habit, a behaviour must be identified as something that you wish to include in your life. Let's take the safety behaviour of wearing a seatbelt. As an infant and young child, the action of wearing a seatbelt is controlled by adults. Some children may fight the constraint of wearing their belt, but over time they learn that the act of getting into a car and putting on a seatbelt go together. Over the years this pattern continues until we find ourselves as adults giving little or no thought to putting on a seatbelt, yet we do it automatically anyway. This is due to a phenomenon that humans respond well to, contingency behaviours. Contingencies are the glue for the before and after behaviours that create habits. Sitting in a car seat and putting on a seatbelt are behaviours that become automatically linked. Think about some of the other behaviours that you do that have a before and after consequence. Perhaps you go outside and put on sunglasses. Maybe you walk into the gym and go straight to the warm-up area or when you stand up to leave work, you straighten up your desk and push in your chair. These are all behaviours that you do, seemingly with little or no thought. Elite athletes also have contingency behaviours in place. Finish a training session and drink a protein shake. Eat dinner, then get on the foam roller. Stand at the free throw line and bounce the ball three times before taking the shot. Whether the behaviours are functional or superstitious, Contingencies are the glue for the automatic behaviours that athletes follow. The power of when and then. Now that you understand how contingencies work, it is useful to consider how to create new habits. For this we need to turn our focus to research conducted in Germany by social psychologist Peter Goldwitzer in 1997. Students were recruited to write an essay on their end of year break and post it within 48 hours of Christmas day. Half of the students were given the additional task to write down when and where they would write the essay. For example, when it is Christmas afternoon, then I'll sit on the back veranda and write my essay. Did this additional task make much difference to the response rate? Yes, it did. The return rate for students who wrote down their when and then was 71%, compared with just 32% for those who didn't. The difference was more than double. Is that right? Could that one small additional action really make that much of a difference? Yes, because the action feeds right into the fundamental human response to contingencies. If you want to bridge the gap between a good intention and a behaviour, the research is clear – set a when-then plan. By finding an opportunity in advance and pairing the behaviour that will go with it, you increase the likelihood of behaviour change by two to three times. Incredibly, the same result has been consistently noted with many other human behaviours, such as sticking with an exercise program, taking multivitamins, reducing gambling behaviour, breast self-examination, improving sleeping habits and studying for tests. The bottom line is that when you pair a new behaviour with an existing prompt, you significantly increase the likelihood of changing the behaviour. The beauty of this simple strategy is that you can apply it to any behavioural goal. For example, if the goal is to not order dessert when at restaurants, it becomes, when the menu comes, then I'll order coffee. If the goal is to study an extra two hours a week, it becomes, when it's Monday night and I've cleaned the kitchen, then I'll sit at my desk until 9pm. If the goal is to get up when the alarm goes off, rather than hit the snooze button, it becomes, when the alarm goes off, then I get up. For any of these goals, the conscious effort of thinking of the trigger, that is the when, and applying it to the new behaviour, that is the then, more than doubles the likelihood of you engaging in the behaviour. Sometimes it's the little things. I work with the Australian Defence Force and deliver sessions within a six-week resilience program. One of the groups were discussing the tyranny of alarm clocks, particularly the temptation of hitting the snooze button. I shared with the group that some people find it helpful to use a when-then strategy and set the alarm clock to go to bed. The alarm is a useful interruption when you're lying on the couch sucked into binge-watching a series on Netflix. It might go something like, when the alarm goes off, then I start to get ready for bed. By the end of the six weeks, one officer said it had completely transformed his life. He mentioned the flow-on effects from going to bed in accordance with the alarm meant he was regularly going to bed 90 minutes earlier than usual. This resulted in him naturally waking an hour earlier each morning with no morning alarm. The earlier rising meant that he was taking his dog for a 40-minute walk and then coming home and preparing his lunch for the day. He had previously been buying lunch at work. He was therefore eating healthier lunches and saving money, which he put towards an upcoming holiday. By changing one small behaviour, he made a substantial change across his daily life. Creating one small habit can ripple through your life like a stone thrown into a pond. To further clarify the strategy, let's consider it through an example most of us can relate to. We'll start with the question, when did you last floss your teeth? I thought so. Right now, most people who are hearing this section are running their tongue over their teeth because the percentage of the population who floss their teeth according to the recommendations made by dentists is well less than 20%. Flossing is another good example of a behaviour where knowledge is not enough to trigger action. When you don't floss, more than half the surface area of your teeth remain unclean. Flossing is also understood to prevent gum disease, tooth decay and bad breath. Dentists will tell you that most people only floss as recommended in the few days before they come in for their checkups, but this is clearly not enough. One day, sitting with my hygienist and apologising for not regularly flossing, again, I realised that the when-then strategy might be perfect for getting me into the habit of regularly flossing. The challenge was to think of a behaviour that I did regularly that I might be able to pair with flossing. It feels foolish to admit how many years it took me to see the connection between brushing and flossing. So my newfound strategy sounded something like this. The goal was to regularly floss. It became, when I'm holding a toothbrush, then I reach for the dental floss. Certainly not rocket science, but wouldn't you know, it worked. I can now proudly include twice-daily flossing as one of the helpful habits I do every day. Flossing your teeth may not initially seem like a huge behavioural change, although I can report that my dentist was delighted. Importantly, with behaviour change and habits, a good way to kick things off is to start small. The research is also supportive of the contagious effect of behaviour change when we start with something that seemingly won't make a big difference. A famous speech delivered by U.S. Navy Admiral William H. McRaven reminded the graduates of the importance to get up every morning and make your bed. He argued, if you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. Making your bed, flossing your teeth, putting things away. All little things all make a difference. Good habits are catching. The reason the little things make a difference is that like mood, habits are contagious. When you do one small thing well and you notice you have done it, your body rewards you with a small hit of dopamine. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that is central to the motivational component of rewarding and motivating behaviour. In sport, we talk about success being reached when we can conquer the one percenters, the athlete who takes the extra ball shots after training, does their stretching, records their data, drinks another bottle of electrolytes, all these seemingly small behaviours, the one percenters, reward motivation and reward discipline, and it is the disciplined athletes who are set up for success. The take-home message for you is that finding small habits within your life and implementing them through the when-then strategy will put you on the path to success. Whether it be picking up dirty socks, throwing out takeaway cups from your car, tucking in your chair or receiving an email and handling it only once, all these small practices and helpful habits make it easier for you to take on the bigger tasks. Athletes do this and you can do it too. There's no point in tackling the big goals until you have the smaller ones ticked off. When you do these little things and conquer the small habits that make a difference in your life, please take note of what you are doing. When you are mindful that you are making a great choice for you, that effect is powerful. Noticing when you do things well is a moment of self-congratulation that you share with yourself. When you can momentarily look back on parts of your day and realise the helpful habits you put into place, it brings about a feeling of pride and satisfaction. I never expect an athlete to pull out an important psychological skill on grand final day without them having practised it over and over in training and other game opportunities. In the high-pressure moments of life, you need the habits that will free up your thinking and set you up for success. Cathy Freeman developed those skills over hours, Days and years of training. The habits of walking from warm up to the start and pacing herself through her run are habits in motion. Elite athletes understand that it is the small habits that you create that will result in your success. You too can set up habits for success through the when then strategy. But isn't it about willpower? I often hear people say they wish they had greater self control or more willpower. The ability to resist an unwanted behaviour such as a pie for lunch or hitting snooze three times in the morning rather than get up. The more helpful habits you have in place, the less you need to draw on willpower to make preferred choices. Willpower is a resource that we often tell ourselves is limited, that once we have exhausted our supply for the day, then we are much more vulnerable to unhelpful habits. I think one of the toughest challenges we face every day is moving our feet from mattress to floor. I'm a strong believer that once we can do that, many of our great hurdles of the day are already achieved. Remember, you are not always motivated, so you need to learn discipline. You will not always be disciplined, so you need to develop habits. Is there a downside to habits? There is a word of caution with regards to habits. The advantage of habits is they require less thought and less attention to complete. However, it's not always a good thing to be on autopilot, Let's consider your morning cup of coffee. If it's an everyday occurrence for you and is a part of your habit routine, you may pour it and drink it without really noticing or enjoying it. So be aware of what becomes automatic. If coffee is pleasurable for you, make sure you remain mindful enough whilst you are doing it that it doesn't pass you by without thought. For me, I've made a habit of tuning in to my morning coffee. In contrast, I'm happy for my flossing to become a less aware experience. Are you saying I need good habits? The other thing you'll note through this chapter is I don't refer to habits as being good or bad. I'm strongly of the opinion that it's unhelpful to label habits as good or bad, the simple reason being that if you label a habit as bad and then do it, the only resulting emotion is a feeling of guilt. Instead, I would rather think about habits as moving along a continuum from less to more helpful. Life is challenging enough without loading yourself up with guilt for what you do or don't do. Consider the options in terms of the helpful and less helpful habits, and then make your choices from there. As you can see, it's possible to put your preferred behaviours on autopilot by creating helpful habits. Your habits reduce the number of decisions you need to make, thus saving you the unnecessary drain on willpower. This increases your ability to set yourself up for success by undertaking the behaviours consistent with success. How can you create helpful habits in your life? 1. Identify a target behaviour and pick a small habit to change. For example, lowering the toilet seat, pausing before responding, making eye contact, listening well...